The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. So guess who's back in the news? Guess who was arrested on child sex trafficking? Unbelievable. Jeffrey Epstein, the hedge fund manager that also had, you know, a little island. A little place where some of these uh, people would like to go play. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Jeffrey Epstein was arrested alleging sex trafficking and a sex trafficking conspiracy, as was unsealed on Monday morning against billionaire financier and registered sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. This is from Fox News, who is set to make his first appearance in New York. He's 66 years old, wealthy hedge fund, uh, hedge fund manager, arrested on Saturday preyed on dozens of victims as young as 14. And for there were various reasons why they brought this in. This is a new case. Often particularly vulnerable to exploitation, prosecutors wrote in court documents, Epstein intentionally sought out minors and knew that many of his victims were, in fact, under the age of 18. Now, what they're going to do is they're going to try to pin this on Trump. This is what they do. Trump lived in his neighborhood down there in Florida. Trump knew of him, said some laudatory things, but he's, I mean, heck, he said laudatory things about Kim Jong-un. I mean, he says laudatory things about everybody. Now, I'm not trying to dismiss Trump's connection, but one connection that is not being focused on is the Bill Clinton connection. Bill Clinton flew on the Lolita Express. Basically, Jeffrey Epstein had houses in New York, houses in Florida, had an island in the Virgin Islands, and he would fly individuals down. They would either have sex on the airplane, the 727, with a bed in the back, or they would fly down to the island where it was all going down. Now, apparently, this lady by the last name Maxwell, I think, uh, I can't remember how you say her name, Gianni or something like that, she turned over 17 different years of documents she was the madam Ghislaine Maxwell and she this is from page six alleged madam Ghislaine Maxwell will also have to produce any documents between 1999 and 2016 that mention the sex trafficking ring she and Epstein allegedly operated victim Virginia Roberts who now goes by her married name uh, sued Maxwell in Manhattan in a federal court for defamation. Maxwell had denied Robert's claims that the older woman introduced the then 15-year-old to Epstein for sex back in 1999. Roberts, who is now 32, also claimed Maxwell pimped her out to Epstein's wealthy pals, including Prince Andrew. That's right, Prince Andrew. See, this is what was really behind the Mueller report. This is why, and I've said this before, this is why they had dossiers on every Republican nominee. It wasn't just Trump. This is why they used the FISA court to spy on individuals like Trump. 
because they were afraid of what he would walk into. And who knows? I mean, when you start to see some of the things that are in the background of this, this could bring down people all over the globe. In fact, this is from Nancy Pelosi's daughter. Listen to this. Nancy Pelosi's freaking daughter. She basically said, this Epstein case is horrific and the young woman deserved justice. It is quite likely that some of our faves are implicated, but we must follow the facts and let the chips fall where they may, whether on Republicans or Democrats. Well, (laughs) that was also verified by New York Daily News. Headline, some rich and powerful men are sweating it out ahead of indictment against registered sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. A slew of rich and powerful men are likely sweating it out ahead of Monday's indictment against hedge, fund, uh, hedge funder and registered pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, according to a reporter who originally chronicled details of Epstein's alleged sex trafficking crimes. In an interview Sunday morning on MSNBC, Miami Herald scribe Julie K. Brown said the new sex trafficking charges against Epstein may involve one victim, if not more, in New York. The new sex trafficking charges include uh, accusations that he paid for underage girls for massages and molested them in his homes in Florida and in New York. The Associated Press reported Epstein 66 busted Saturday night was set to show up Monday in Manhattan federal court, which he did today at the time of recording this portion of the program. He showed up, and they actually found a slew of nude photos. Nude photos of girls were seized from the mansion of the financier Jeffrey Epstein. That's from the New York Times. Now, remember, Bill Clinton, on the travel logs, the the flight travel logs, you have to fill these things out when you fly for the FAA. They have Bill Clinton listed all over there with the number of secret service uh, agents that had to go with him. And many times he didn't have any secret service agents with him. Hmm, That's interesting. But that's the thing. He was enjoying the fruits of whatever uh, Maxwell and Epstein were laying out, obviously. And it's really interesting when you start to figure out that he, in fact, Epstein himself has said that he is, a poor, a, he was a part of the creation of the Clinton Foundation, the Clinton Global Initiative. And, you know, Bill Clinton had talked about how Epstein was such a good philanthropist. And, you know, I think that this is the, what was being held under the entire incident. This is why Donald Trump was spied upon. This is why Bill Clinton urged him to run. Yeah, remember that? You know, back in the day, when the, when the actual primaries were going on, I thought it was suspicious. Donald Trump got a call from Bill Clinton before he announced that he was running. This is from Time Magazine. Bill Clinton's personal office confirmed that the call occurred, telling the New York Times that Mr. Trump reached out to President Clinton a few times. President Clinton returned his call in late May, the, uh, the aide told the Times, and that... While we don't make it a practice to discuss the president's private conversations, we can tell you that the presidential race was discussed. So basically, Trump got a call from Bill Clinton urging him to run. Okay, well, 
Why would that happen? Well, I would think, and I've got a theory about this. Originally, when it was going down, I thought the theory was, this is how you destroy the Republican Party. You get somebody to run, such as Donald Trump. He goes in there with these crazy debates and all these accusations of Ted Cruz being some sort of, uh, you know, serial groper. All of these things just so that Trump could come through and wreck the bench. You know, because if you think about it, the Republican Party had one heck of a bench. They had 16 candidates. And of the 16, there was probably five that were ideally conservative. Bobby Jindal, Ted Cruz, arguably Marco Rubio. I don't want to go with that. But Donald Trump comes out of the blue. And first off, Breitbart becomes his shilling organization, so destroys the credibility of that network, which they have finally bounced back. (laughs) They did some cleaning, you know, getting rid of Steve Bannon and what have you. They finally moved back to being a credible organization. Fox News was against Donald Trump when Roger Ailes was alive. But at a certain point, they turned once Trump was leading and decided to support him. So I always thought Bill Clinton had Trump to run to destroy the Republican Party and to destroy conservative media. Now I'm starting to think it's a little bit different. I mean, how is it that no one's thinking there's a problem that the guy with the sex trafficking organization and a sex island is flying around with the one guy who is getting BJs from an intern under the Resolute desk while finger-popping her with a stogie? I mean, I can put two and two together on this one. I mean, outside of funerals and other hugely public functions, do you ever see Bill and Hillary hanging out together? As husband and wife, I mean, he has his own energizer, according to the Secret Service. She's a young thing. The guy is a moral, he's morally void of any sort of ethics. He's, he, he's a sexual predator. I truly think he put Trump up to running for president because politically, he assumed the establishment would reject him, as they did. He would be the long shot at winning, as he was. He assumed, Clinton assumed Trump's brash bravado would not only wreck the GOP, but also his own chances. So he urges them to run, thinking, oh, this guy's going to get out there. And when he starts talking about, you know, the nuclear triad and all these things, he's going to look like a bumbling idiot. And next thing you know, Hillary Clinton's going to go strolling on to victory. And if you think about it, think about the lasting effects of a Trump candidacy, what it did to the GOP bench and conservative media, decimated one of the best benches we had in decades, and it ruined the credibility of many conservative media outlets. It minimized Fox News for a while. It sullied Breitbart. It had a negative impact on the blaze because anyone that was critical of Trump received backlash, and then those that carried his water received backlash on the other side. The Weekly Standard died because they were critical of Trump. The National Review took big hits. It uprooted much of the conservative apparatus. Politically, it made sense. You know, good old boy establishment political party. They would cling to the status quo and reject an outsider walking in and taking it over. What wasn't factored was the enthusiasm of the Trump supporter and the distrust of politics in general. We talked about this on a few shows uh, back when Justin Amash came out. The person who has been burned by politics over and over again was the one supporting Trump. And if you leave that out of the equation, then you think it's a good idea to get him to run. Think about the Tea Party movement. The Tea Party element 
which was burned by the establishment's infiltration into that movement immediately after it was deployed back in 2010. It was the movement was designed to tear down the system and it slightly failed. I mean, it gave us the Freedom Caucus, but that was about it. The Trump presidency was the final hand grenade into the executive branch delivered by those who were disaffected by the failure of the 2010 Tea Party wave. Originally, the idea was to flip congressional seats to make gains. That didn't seem to pan out. So then when Trump showed up, he was the last bull in the China shop, and so they supported him. What can't be ignored is what ultimately uprooted. The establishment media showed their ass. The bureaucracy that maintained the status quo was rooted out. The FBI, DOJ, CIA. Now the insidious network of self-enriched elites is being illuminated over these sex trafficking scandals. If you're wondering why anyone who was critical of the Trump presidency was vilified, even with someone with a voting record like Justin Amash, it's because of the lack of trust of politicians and the, the lack of knowledge in those in office or GOP. Because, you know, the GOP was co-opting and hijacking the Tea Party. The rhinos were stepping into it, but the Trump supporter has never known who to trust. This is not being apologetic to the Trump supporter. This is the understanding of the environment. They're regular people. They have to work. They have to feed their family, spend time enjoying their family. They don't have time to, to research and sit through, digging through all the resources to check out voting records and intentions of every single GOP candidate. Some of them don't even know that those are out there. But this, is, this explains why they hated rhinos like Lindsey Graham, and now they love them. Again, I'm not excusing it. I'm simply understanding it all. But if a web of elites are uncovered for having a web of sex trafficking rings and self-serving politicians are exposed for gun running and money laundering and even engaging in these sex trafficking rings and the bureaucracy is uprooted because they fell on their swords trying to protect this exposure, he's not going to need a wall to win, folks. His decimation of the mainstream news media will be the icing on the cake for which I will enjoy scarfing down a bit piece by piece, licking the bowl it was made in on as I laugh about it. But to tear down the system, he's done it without him being the one to do it. I'm not attributing this to Trump directly making this happen, but he did facilitate all of this. Somehow he has the ability to have those around him just show their ass with their own arrogance. I mean, it's truly amazing. And keep in mind, I was a Ted Cruz fan. He was my candidate because Donald Trump didn't have a track record at the time. And I really thought this election was important. We have to get this one right, because if we don't look at what would have come down the pike. Now, he has delivered more than I ever expected in many certain areas. Am I going to make a big deal about him? Playing uh, chicken with tariffs? I don't care. It's working. I mean, we do take a hit here and there, but it gets brought to the negotiating table and it works out for us eventually. But, you know, Ted, the fact that Ted Cruz, who was the initial fulfillment of the Tea Party wave, was scrutinized over his citizenship, claimed that he was tied to Goldman Sachs, that shows you the level of, detru of distrust that the Trump supporters had over any politician. At this point, they were done with it, and they said, we'll bring an outsider in, let him go to town. So I think when he walked in the door and he won the presidency, 
That's when the Clinton machine said, oh, crap, we've got to make something happen. And they started spying on him, and now you've got all these leftist organizations trying to throw him under the bus. Harvey Weinstein was charged on sex trafficking, too. I don't know how it only got out in the news that he was fondling a woman in his hotel room. He had other charges that never made the news. But Jeffrey Epstein did, too. And why is it that the Nexium uh, sex cult funded by the heiresses to Seagram's run by a guy who had a pyramid Ponzi scheme back in the day when Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas and he lived in Arkansas and ran his Ponzi scheme in Arkansas. He has a sex cult where he has people like Allison Mack from the TV show Smallville deeply involved in recruiting people to this cult. How are they funding the Clinton Foundation. How are they funding Hillary Clinton's campaign at the same time as Epstein? Why are all these sex cults funding their campaigns? It makes you wonder, and it makes me think there's a lot more to this story as we dig into it. Sponsor for this portion of the program is Combat Flip-Flops. Bad for running, worse for fighting. Combat Flip-Flops is a veteran-owned company that funds education and demining Everything Combat Flip-Flops manufactures is made in an area of conflict or post-conflict, like Afghanistan, Colombia, Laos. And you can check out more about Combat Flip-Flops by checking out the TED Talk by Combat Flip-Flops CEO Matt Griffin on YouTube. You can also use the promo code SLADE25, and you will get 25% off of your first purchase. Go to CombatFlipFlops.com. That's CombatFlipFlops.com. If you've ever wondered why the British were involved with a spying campaign under Obama and Hillary on Donald Trump, it's because they would be implicated in this ring as well. I find it funny that uh, Theresa May decided to step down on the day that Trump was going to release the unredacted FISA warrants. Mm. And the fact that Prince Andrew was one of Epstein's buddies. Yeah, there's a picture of him. With uh, Virginia, I can't remember her last name. She was the 15-year-old at the time, the uh, one of the sex slaves, and Ms. Maxwell, all hanging out. Now, Epstein is actually offering to give up the names in exchange for leniency. This from Zero Hedge. Epstein's lawyer has already made a proffer to uh, South, uh, Southern District, New York. Epstein will agree to cooperate with the investigation, including giving up the names of individuals that paid for activities with underage uh, girls in exchange for a maximum sentence not to exceed five years. Wow. And there was a lot of people that had, in, you know, that are implicated in this or can, can be implicated in this, not just Bill Clinton. He's going to be at the top of the list, guarantee that. But this is a wide range network. It's huge. Listen to this. On the evening of December 2nd, 2010, a handful of America's media and entertainment elite, including TV anchors Katie Couric, George Stephanopoulos, comedian Chelsea Handler, director Woody Allen, convened around the dinner table of convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. It wasn't just any dining room, but part of a sprawling nine-story townhouse that one housed an entire preparatory school. And it wasn't just any sex offender but an enigmatic billionaire who had flown with the likes of former President Bill Clinton, former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, around the world on his own Boeing 727. 
Last spring, Epstein completed a 13-month sentence for soliciting prostitution from a minor in Palm Beach, Florida. Now he was hosting a party for his close friend, Britain's Prince Andrew, fourth in line to the throne. This thing is huge, guys. This thing is tremendous. And it gets into Kevin Spacey. It gets into Chris Tucker. We're going to get into a little bit more of this in just a second. Sponsor for this portion of the program is Atron Teal. It's a crazy name with incredible results. It's far more than just good for your bloating and gut health. Atron Teal was developed by a board-certified gastroenterologist, proven to deliver relief from bloating and symptoms related to IBS in over four out of five people. You know, athletes need over 1,000 milligrams of polyphenols a day, and Atron Teal is made from the most potent polyphenol blend, so it's perfect for all you athletes out there, but it's not only just for athletes. It delivers 250 milligrams of polyphenols per capsule and the polyphenol blend that is NSF certified for sport, which means that if you're an athlete, you can trust that all of those statements have been verified and all the ingredients in it are clean. It's powerful, uh, modeled after the Mediterranean diet, great for anti-aging, Atron Teal, if you go to lovemytummy.com slash mojo right now and you use the Slade code, type in Slade, it will give you $15 off the retail price of $89.99. So go to lovemytummy.com slash mojo, use the promo code Slade, get the $15 off the price and get your gut back in check. Jack Posobiec, he's with uh, One American News. He said, people disappointed that Jeffrey Epstein's indictment did not contain a trove of information should actually be paying attention to the documents Mike Cernovich and the Miami Herald sued to have unsealed in the first place. These records contain descriptions of sexual abuse by Epstein, along with new allegations of sexual abuse by numerous prominent American politicians, powerful business executives, foreign presidents, a well-known prime minister, and other world leaders. Yeah. And now, do we think they're going to go down without a fight? <laughs> Probably not, because guess what's going to happen? Guess who the prosecutor is on the case? Yeah, that would be James Comey's daughter. Yep, she is. <laughs> Maureen Comey, daughter of fired FBI Director James Cody. Comey, is repeatedly one of the prosecutors in the Jeffrey Epstein case. She'd been serving as an assistant to U.S. attorneys in the Southern District of New York since 2015. Her father, who was ousted from the FBI two years ago by President Trump, held the same position between 87 and 1993. So obviously they're going to sweep this under the rug or try to because I really believe that this is a web that is so huge that could bring down Hollywood it could bring down the fashion industry. It could bring down much of politics, American, European, maybe some Israeli prime ministers. I don't know. It could bring down world leaders in many different areas. Think about this. Think about the fact that the Clinton Global Initiative, every time they met, they met at the same time that the United Nations did. Right down the street, this is from the Daily Beast, Bill Clinton's global initiative, the new United Nations, just up the road from the Sonoris UN General Assembly, the former president's global initiative, rife with deal-making power players, could one day eclipse the older institution. 
the United Nations General Assembly kicks off, bringing together leaders of 192 countries. The Clinton Global Initiative, now in its sixth year, will feature Nobel laureates, CEOs, presidents, and a trio of first ladies, making it seem like the 21st century initiative that could ultimately eclipse the older institution. Yeah, they met at the same time, right down the street. The parties that I heard about were insane. So who knows if Epstein was providing the entertainment? Who knows if things were being lined up at the same time? This thing has potential to be huge. And I would think if the FBI wanted to go down on their swords and the DOJ wanted to die on their swords and anyone connected to the Clintons, maybe even Obama down the line, they would do so over something of this magnitude. Call me crazy, but I think this is one of the things that's underneath the surface of this Russian collusion hoax and the Mueller report. Back in a second. This is Adrian Slade. The Adrian Slade Broadcast. Oddly enough, we have a trend happening online. Seth Rich. You know, I've never bought into the full uh, conspiracy that Seth Rich was murdered because he relinquished all the emails, but who knows? I mean, I'm not going to scoff at it and, and say, oh, that never happened. I'm, I'm going to place it on the back burner until new things arrive and, and, or even new things just show, to, show up to the surface. New things arise that, that support that, and then maybe I'll revisit it. But right now, I'm looking at it as though, eh, who knows? But the left is, a day after Epstein is in court, the left is out there pushing this Seth Rich, the hoax was a Russian plant of information and Fox News ran. This is all a distraction as far as I'm concerned, because I think the real story is the Epstein story. And they're afraid that if they keep on with the Epstein story, the rabbit hole that they go down is going to drag some of their top players down with them. More importantly, Bill Clinton. And what's interesting is when you look at the fact that the FBI, back when, uh, when Epstein, back in 2008, Epstein was held and ordered and advised by the FBI to provide them with information that was agreed upon. This is an actual FBI document. This is what it says. And, and remember who was running the FBI. Um, Epstein has also provided information to the FBI as agreed upon. Case agent advised that no federal prosecution will occur in this matter as long as Epstein continues to uphold his agreement with the state of Florida. So he got booked in Florida, and then he got released, you know, some 13 months later. Slap on the wrist. A lot of people seem to think that this is the same FBI that Mueller was running. And if Mueller is running the FBI, well, he's also running the Mueller investigation against Trump. And you've got James Comey's daughter being the prosecutor. You see, there's an incestuous group of people who are involved in all this. And, you know, when, this, when, the, when the, the WikiLeaks things came out and everybody was talking about, look, there's code word for pizza in the emails, I was very skeptical. You know, Pizzagate started floating around, and I'm going, oh, okay, they're running kids under the tunnel of some pizza place up in, you know, Showbiz Pizza Palace, Comet Pizza, whatever, up in, up in D.C. You know, a guy shows up with a gun. He wants to take people out because he thinks that this is really happening. I was skeptical of that, but when I heard... Some of the other individuals bring about 
evidence of just child sex trafficking in general, especially with Epstein, you start to really want to investigate it. Now, keep in mind, there has to be a reason why the Secretary of State had a bathroom server that you had to jiggle the, you know, jiggle the handle on the toilet to get the, uh, the VPN to work. You know, there has to be a reason that they destroyed all of their, all of their communication instruments into dust with hammers. There has to be a reason that they use bleach bit on everything. You know, Eric Prince brought about something that was really interesting. I want to get into some of this with an email, uh, with an interview he did with Breitbart News, which was really amazing. But you have to first think about, is there a culture around the Clintons for, you know, young things? Joel Davis, 22, and head of the International Campaign to Stop Rape and Gender Violence in Conflict, an organization devoted to ending sexual violence, was arrested for trying to set up sexual encounters between himself and young children, as well as soliciting an undercover FBI agent to send sexually explicit videos to minors. Yeah, he was on Hillary Clinton's campaign. And then you look at Anthony Weiner. This is where the real trip up occurred. And Eric Prince is going to tell you about the Wiener laptop. That is the key. The Wiener laptop is the Rosetta Stone, is the fulcrum. It has all the information on it. He decides he's going to sext some 15-year-old, again, under the age. Where, why are all these people, I mean, I can't pinpoint. Maybe they all just have weird desires. But for some reason, there is a culture around anyone associated with the Clinton and young underage individuals. You know, Joel uh, Davis, he's actually uh, homosexual. So he was going after young boys. Anthony Weiner sexting young girls. He gets busted in New York, and then the laptop is taken. And that wasn't supposed to be in the cards. In fact, Peter Strzok actually manipulated the search warrants so that he could get the Weiner laptop back. But the Weiner laptop was seen by the NYPD. And Eric Prince, if you don't know who Eric Prince is, he is the CEO of Blackwater. He's a Navy SEAL. In fact, I know people who know him because of my, you know, location where I live. Heavily, heavily populated with Navy SEALs. And one of, a good friend of mine actually trained with him. Said he's a pretty upstanding guy. CEO of Blackwater. In fact, Blackwater is a subcontracting security company that the military uses and filled with ex-Navy SEALs. I guess they'd still be Navy SEALs, but, you know, in fact, they take their name from an area that we live close to where there's a baseball park that my son plays at. You know, that's where Blackwater comes from. And he was interviewed by Breitbart News Daily. Now, keep in mind, his sister is Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos. And the other thing you have to realize with Eric Prince he got pulled in to the Mueller investigation. Why is he getting pulled into the Mueller investigation? Well, if you listen to what he talks about in the interview, kind of makes you think he knew too much. NYPD knew too much. And there's going to be another thing that you notice in these, uh, these clips of these interviews. This is what sparked me to start my investigation, my research into these sex cults like Nexium and Jeffrey Epstein I think Nexium was like a low-budget version of Epstein. Epstein's a hedge fund manager who's somehow got an international sex cult 
They say, oh, he's not a billionaire because we can't find out where his billions were. Keith Rainier from Nexium, he the, the the guru of Nexium, he has a sex cult. He originally started out with a Ponzi scheme, you know, a pyramid scheme down in Arkansas while Bill Clinton was the governor. So I think Nexium is just a low budget version of the same idea that Epstein had. But listen to Eric Prince talk about what they found on the Wiener laptop. And one thing you'll notice is if you ever thought it was really curious that the investigation that Comey had into Hillary Clinton's emails, it was open, it was shut, and then magically it opened back up right before the election day, and then it was shut again. You're going to hear the real reason why, and it has a lot to do with the NYPD. First of all, your thoughts on this, the FBI saying 99% chance, uh, multiple uh, agencies hacked Hillary's email server. Sure. I mean, it's not like the foreign intelligence agencies leave a uh, thank you note after they've hacked and stolen <laughs> your data. We, we've, so, we've requested you know, that, and they, and they never oblige for some reason. Uh, for some reason, no. You know, I, I want to give color on, on why the FBI, why Comey had to do that last week. Yeah, please because do. Because of... Because of Wienergate and the sexting scandal, the NYPD started investigating it through a subpoena warrant. They searched his laptop and sure enough found those 650,000 emails. They found way more stuff than just the uh, more information pertaining to the, the inappropriate sexting the guy was doing. They found State Department emails. They found a lot of other really damning criminal information, including money laundering, including the fact that Hillary went to this uh, sex island with convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Bill Clinton went there more than 20 times. Hillary Clinton went there at least six times. The amount of garbage that they found in these emails of criminal activity by Hillary, by her immediate circle, and even by other um, Democratic members of Congress, was so disgusting, they gave it to the FBI, and they said, we're going to go public with this if you don't reopen the investigation, if you don't do the right thing with timely indictments. And there it is. NYPD saw all that information on the laptop and said, hey, you guys in the FBI better get your crap together and investigate this the correct way. So Eric Prince goes on a little bit further with Alex Marlowe, and they get into the weeds of how all of that went down. I believe, uh, I, I know, and this is from a very well-placed source of mine uh, at 1PP, One Police Plaza in New York, uh, the, the NYPD wanted to do a press conference announcing the warrants uh, and the additional arrests they were making in this investigation, and they've gotten huge pushback to the point of coercion from the Justice Department, with the Justice Department threatening to charge someone that had been unrelated in the uh, the accidental heart attack death of Eric Garner, the guy, uh, almost two years ago. So that's the level of pushback the Obama Justice Department is doing against actually seeking justice in these email and other related criminal matters. Uh, you know, there's five different parts of the FBI conducting investigations into these things with constant downdrafts from the Obama Justice Department. So in the, I hope, unlikely and very unfortunate event that Hillary Clinton is elected president, we will have a constitutional crisis that we have not seen, I believe, since 1860. And he makes a good point. 
You know, I kind of thought that, too. I'm like, if Hillary Clinton did get elected, because all of this, this discussion took place before the election, obviously. But if Hillary Clinton did get elected, well, you can't indict a sitting president. You would have to impeach. You would have to remove. Then you would have to indict. What do you think the chances were that she would be uh, in the middle of impeachment and just decide to pardon herself, which she legally could have done? I don't think, like I said in the beginning, I don't think they factored in the Tea Party propulsion, the anger with those who voted for Trump. They didn't factor that anger into the equation. Bill Clinton thought the GOP would be enough to stave off Trump being legitimate and make the clown, make the party into a clown show and Hillary Clinton could ride on in and all of this can be shoved under the rug, but that didn't happen. So let's listen to a little bit more of Eric Prince and Alex Marlowe. NYPD was the first one to look at that laptop. Hillary, I'm sorry, Wiener and Huma Abedin, his wife, the closest advisor of Hillary Clinton for 20 years have both flipped Okay, they are cooperating with the government. They both have, um, they see potential jail time of many years for their crimes, for, uh, for Huma Abedin sending uh, and receiving and even storing hundreds of thousands of, of messages from the State Department server and from Hillary Clinton's own homebrew server, which, which contain classified information. Um, Wiener faces uh, all kinds of exposure for the inappropriate texting that was going on and for other information they found. So NYPD first gets that computer. They see how disgusting it is. They keep a copy of everything, and they pass a copy onto the FBI, which finally pushes the FBI off, um, you know, off their chairs, making Comey reopen that investigation, which was indicated in a letter last week. The point being, NYPD has all the information, and they will they will pursue justice within their rights um, if the FBI doesn't. And there is all kinds of criminal culpability through all the emails they've seen uh, of that 650,000, including money laundering, uh, underage sex, uh, um, pay for play, and of course. Uh, you know, plenty of proof of inappropriate handling, sending, receiving of classified information up to SAP level special access programs. So the plot thickens, NYPD was pushing because, uh, you know, as, a, as an article just reached, uh, quoted one of the chiefs, okay, that's the level just below commissioner. Uh, he said, as a parent, as a father with daughters, he could not let that level of evil continue. Wow, that's extremely telling. He could not let let that level of evil continue. That's a that's a police officer. That's what made me really spark up on this. I'm going, really? They they must have had something happening that pushed these people to that point. Now, the big key that you have to put in the back of your mind is NYPD has a copy. They can destroy the Wiener laptop. Peter Stroke can go out there and do whatever he wants to do to manipulate search warrants to get that laptop back. But Eric Prince just told everybody NYPD has a copy. Now, some have said that 
police officers directly involved with the Wiener laptop in the copy have come up dead from committing suicide. I can't, I can't corroborate that. I can't verify that. Wouldn't surprise me, but I, there's no way for me to know. But NYPD has a copy. Now, it's funny when they start getting into why Bill de Blasio, who was the mayor, why he hasn't inserted himself into this. And we'll hear about that here in just a second. This portion of the program is sponsored by Cat Coolers. So rugged, it changes everything. They keep ice cold for up to seven days. Made in the United States, customizable, four different colors, white, black, yellow, even camouflage. Look, if you're going out on the lake, doing some fishing, it's beach weather. Maybe you're going camping with the kids. Maybe you're in the Boy Scouts. Maybe you want to take the cooler out on the job site. For those people that work with you, this thing will keep your items cool for hours. Spring, summer, right around the corner, picnicking. Outdoor season is upon us, boys and girls. A cat cooler will be your new best friend. Keep your food and drink fresher, colder, longer. Go to catcoolers.com. Use the promo code ADRIAN. Catcoolers.com. Use the promo code ADRIAN, and you will pick up an amazing Gibraltar-esque, sturdy, rugged cooler that will keep your items cold for hours. So back to Eric Prince and Alex Marlowe's discussion. They start to talk about the environment of New York which is interesting because the Nexium case just happened a couple weeks ago, and now you've got the Epstein case going. And it's from my understanding that it is the Trump judge, Trump-appointed judge, that is handling this. I think Trump is probably at his wit's end with being destroyed and defamed and, you know, the kitchen sink's been thrown at him by the left. I think he's at a point where he's like, you know what? <clears throat> I'm done with this. Let's make this happen. Yeah, check a little bit more of this interview out. Uh, e even you have to wonder about places like the the U.S. Attorney's Office of New York, where uh, you have which which seems to be a place that actually has integrity in the American justice system right now, and they seem to be wanting to pursue this quite diligently. Uh, I, I can't make heads or tails out of it, Eric, but you you're much better source than I am. Describe some of this to to us. Well, again, the, the FBI can investigate, but they can't convene a grand jury. They can't file charges. Okay, The prosecutors, the Justice Department has to do that. Now, uh, it, it, as I understand it, Preet Bahara, uh, uh, the Manhattan prosecutor, has gotten a hold uh, of some of this. And from what I hear, he's a stand-up guy, and, uh, and hopefully he does the right thing. Yeah, well, and, and that's bad news for the Clintons because he's someone who has a, a sterling reputation. He's a Democrat, but he's a guy who's had a sterling reputation of calling it like he sees it and not being bought and paid for by the special interests uh, and a, a very a very tenacious guy. So he is not a guy you want on on your case. Let's put it that way. Certainly, but yet uh, if people are willing to bend or break the law and don't really care about the constitution or due process uh and if you're going to use if you're willing to use stalinist tactics against someone uh who knows what, what level of, of, of pressure the point being fortunately it's not just the deal not just the fbi five different officers that are in the hunt for justice yeah. uh but the nypd has it as well but both 
uh, as the uh, as the Wall Street Journal has talked about, they exposed downdraft back pressure from the, from the Justice Department, uh, as well as the NYPD has, trying to keep uh, the, the sunlight and the disinfecting uh, effect of the truth and transparency uh, from, you know, shining on this, this great evil that has gone on and is, is slowly being exposed. So the, the Justice Department is trying to run out the clock to elect Hillary Clinton to prevent any real justice from being done. So where's where's the mayor's office on this? We haven't heard from Bill de Blasio or anyone like that. From what I hear, de Blasio wants to stay away from this. (laughs) The the evidence is so bad. The email content is so bad that I think either he wants to stay away from it, which is really telling. So de Blasio is not going to touch it for obvious reasons because he's a hack. He's out there now saying if he becomes president... Everybody who is female is going to get paid equally. I don't know how he handles the payroll for that. But but anyways, what else or who else is involved, Mr. Prince? Yeah, and uh, who else is involved? Are there any other players that are unexpected or and not being reported in uh, the rest of the press? Um, not that I've heard. The other legislators have not been named yet. Uh, I wish the NYPD would have a, a press conference. I wish they'd do it today. Um, these are the these are the unusual sliding door moments of history. Yeah, unusual sliding door moments of history, indeed. And did you catch what he said? Other legislators have not been named. So there's other individuals within our government that are involved in this whole thing. Maybe it's one of these two people. This is from Politico. Mystery party secrecy in Jeffrey Epstein-related suit. The two said they could face embarrassment if the court makes public records from the suit, which accuse Epstein of engaging in sex trafficking. One of the ones I thought was interesting was this. Anonymous brief came from Washington-based attorney Carrie Campbell, who handles gender equality cases and is affiliated with the Time's Up movement to combat sexual harassment. Campbell requested that the brief submitted on behalf of Jane Doe be put under seal, but said the legal papers that the client is objecting to public discourse of specific content pertaining to Doe to protect compelling personal privacy interests. So a Me Too individual might be involved with sex trafficking? How does that even work? So listen to this individual on Fox News. She's been following this case for over 10 years and how bad it sounds for Bill Clinton. Well, investigative journalist Conchita Sarnoff joins us now. She's been covering this case since the beginning. She's also author of the book Trafficking and the executive director at Alliance to Rescue Victims of Trafficking. Conchita, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Shannon, for having me. You raised an interesting point um, in your research that it's the then state's attorney for Palm Beach County is the one that doesn't get as much attention, but he was a critical player here. So much concerning to the then chief of police there in Palm Beach County, that he actually put together this um, response and sent it, he referred it to the FBI saying, we need the feds to get involved because somehow there's so much pressure on this county state's attorney that we don't think this is going anywhere. Absolutely, Shannon. You know, this is my my biggest question, and, and I don't understand why no one is pointing fingers at and actually explaining why Barry Kersher cut the deal that he cut. 
The onus fell on the state attorney's office. As you know, after the chief of police, Michael Ritter, whom I spoke to at length for many, many years since I started the investigation back in 2009, Ritter said to me many times, I did not accept Kirscher's deal. He wanted to charge him with a misdemeanor, no jail time, no restitution, and no registration as a sex offender. Then he took the case, Ritter takes the case to the feds. The police chief. That's, yes, Michael Ritter, the Palm Beach police chief, takes the case to the feds. That's when Acosta comes in. That's not until 2006. And so Acosta and his team, with Villafaña and others, they start to investigate. That takes two years. There's a 53-page indictment against Epstein. But what happens? Well, we're getting close to the 2008 presidential campaign. Hillary Clinton is the Democratic shoo-in at the time. President Obama was still not in, in the forefront, at the forefront. And so I believe, given the information that I have and, and, and what I've read, that at the very top of the food chain, they did not want to make as the Attorney General said to me when I interviewed him, Alberto Gonzalez, they did not want to make a political mess. Mm -hmm. So they basically tapped Acosta again, which is also why they hired Ken Starr mm -hmm. and Jay Lefkowitz, who were the two... Lots of high-profile names involved in this thing. Absolutely. They were the two attorneys who negotiated the plea deal, meaning the non-prosecution agreement that was handed to Epstein, which, by the way, was not an order, as Acosta told me, because I have been speaking to Acosta for many years since the original investigation and the original arrest in 2005. Well, let me ask you this, because tonight President Clinton has spoken out and said, I want to make it clear that yes. there was some travel with him, there was always Secret Service, we had brief meetings, you know, people who are trying to tie the two of them together, just like there are people tonight trying to tie Epstein to President Trump, that those are unfair leaps in logic, the Clintons say. Um, I have read too much information and I have spoken to too many people on the inside. I actually attempted to interview Clinton, but he would not, he did not agree to do so. And I know from the pilot logs, and these are pilot logs that, you know, were written by different pilots and, and uh, at different times, that Clinton went, he was a guest of Clint, of Epstein's, 27 times. Now you tell me, Doug Bands was also on the plane many times. Many of those times Clinton had his secret service with him and many times he did not. Almost every time that Clinton's name is on the pilot logs, there are underage girls. There are initials and there are names of many, many girls on that private plane. So you have to ask yourself, and this is what I asked myself, why would anyone not only a former president, fly on a plane 27 times that did not belong to him. Okay, so the statement from his office or his spokesman tonight says he knows nothing about the terrible crimes that Epstein pleaded guilty to in Florida some years ago or those which he's recently been charged with in New York. He goes on to talk about he took a total of four trips with him. He had secret service. He had detail. He once had a meeting with him in his office. Um, he had security and staff members with him. Hasn't spoken to him in more than a decade. Are you saying the former president's not telling the truth? Yes, I am saying sadly that he is not telling the truth. First of all, 
Gerald Lefcourt, who was one of Epstein's attorneys back during the original arrest and the original investigation, wrote a letter, which is, it has been made public. And in that letter, Gerald Lefcourt claims that Epstein was one of the original funders mm -hmm. of Clinton Global Initiative. He gave Jeffrey, uh, forgive me, Jeffrey Epstein gave President Clinton $4 million, according to a source who knows the story about that Okay. Well, the president, the former president tonight saying he knows nothing about the crimes. They traveled together briefly. Um, I know you've been digging on this for 10 years, so we'll continue to try to put the pieces together. That's his statement tonight. Yes. Your book is fascinating. We're just about out of time. Wait till we get into Nexium and even Doug Bands. Listen to Jeremy Hansen Unleash, who's also on Mojo Five O. He gets into the weeds on that on his Monday show. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning into the show. Listen to us on Mojo Five O Radio. You can find that on iHeartRadio or go to Mojo50.com every Wednesday, 10 p.m. You can also listen to us on the weekends, Saturday, 5 p.m., Sunday morning, midnight. Also, get the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Overcast, wherever podcasts are hosted. And be sure to give us a review. Give us a good five-star review. That's going to help us go up in the ratings so we're more visible to others. You can also donate to the show. Go to patreon.com slash Adrian Slade Show. Give $2 a month or go to anchor.fm and search Adrian Slade. You can also follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Gab, MeWe, Parlor, Convo, Snippy. Search Adrian Slade. Follow us on Twitter at Rants Out Loud or at Adrian Slade Show, which is the official show page on Twitter. And you can also read the blog, AdrianSladeShow.com. You can also get the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel in your streaming store on the Roku streaming channel store. Be sure to download the Adrian Slade Show Roku channel. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in.